Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, This week, we're going to take a look at veteran players under contract who could be in different uniforms next season, either because they get released or traded. The new league year starts on March 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and all teams must be compliant with the salary cap by then. The salary cap is expected to be $208.2 million for the 2022 league year. So let's take a look at some of these players that could be elsewhere. First up, the uh, name which garners the most attention, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, the winner of the last two MVP awards. He was disgruntled last year with the Packers, and in order to end the rift and get him to play football, Packers had to alter his contract, and one of the things they did last year was they turned his 2023 contract year, which was a real contract year, into a voiding dummy contract year, which voids seventh day prior to the start of the 2023 league year. Now, that being said, that makes 2022 his contract year. And Aaron Rodgers, um, after being upset, the Packers being upset, I should say, in the divisional playoffs by the 49ers, said he was going to announce his decision on his football future in a fairly timely manner and wanted to be try to be sensitive to Devontae Adams, who is a franchise tag candidate for the Packers. And the deadline to franchise players is this upcoming Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, Rodgers, if he's going to adhere to that time frame, doesn't have much time to figure out if he wants to continue playing football, I don't really think retirement's a real option. Uh, force a trade, ask for a trade, or stay with the Packers. And given 2022 is a contract year, and the way the dummy year voids, you couldn't stick a franchise tag on him anyway, because <laughs> be after the designation deadline, so he'd be ineligible. That if he's going to be a Green Bay Packer, you're going to do a new contract with him, which. The Packers supposedly uh, negotiating with him for a short-term extension. I expect any extension, whether it's short-term or a longer extension for the 38-year-old quarterback, will make him the first $50 million per year player in NFL history. Now, Packers have had cap problems. Um, Heading into the offseason, they're about $50 million over the cap, and they've been making significant headway in trying to get a handle on their cap situation by restructuring contracts like David Bakhtiari's, Kenny Clarkson, Aaron Jones's. Now, 
if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers decides to play, he wants to play for the Packers, his $46,664,156 cap number is untenable. Second highest cap number. So they'll have to do something to lower that, which would be through an extension. Now, if he's going to get traded, then the trade can't occur until the first day of the league year. And any team that acquires him would have to have $27,490,588 of cap space because that is his encompasses his salary and is likely to be earned incentives. Now, he's supposed to make uh, $26,970,508 in 2022. So um, the teams that Aaron Rodgers has been most linked to, Denver. That's a, that's a team that uh, was his supposed preferred destination when he was trying to get out of town last year. Then there are reports that the Steelers and the Titans are on his radar screen. There's one big problem with the Titans. Well, you got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill that's got a fully guaranteed $29 million salary. And after restructuring the contract last year, when they converted $23 million, into signing bonus, it doesn't really work there. Because first you have to find a taker for the $29 million. I don't know how that would be done. So I'm not really counting Tennessee as a realistic option for him. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is traded, then the Packers are going to have $26,847,138 in dead money. Salary cap charged for a player no longer on the roster, but they would save $19,817,018. So, um, hopefully we'll get some news on Aaron Rodgers either on Monday or Tuesday. But that's the first domino in terms of all these quarterbacks. Um, and I'd presume the Packers would be looking for try to get at least three first-round picks out of him. He is he did, he has one of the last two MVPs, even though he is an older quarterback. Now, the there's the never-ending Deshaun Watson. Last year, the uh, Texans paid Watson $10.54 million to not play football. <laughs> They're not going to pay him his $35 million to not play football and carry him on the roster like they did last year. The biggest holdup in his trade is that there needs to be some sort of or more clarity uh, with the sexual assault, sexual misconduct allegations. The team might trade for him, um, even if that's unresolved, as long as the criminal component is out of the way. Uh, potential uh, criminal liability. Now, the Texans reportedly wanted three first-round t- picks and two second-round picks with the equivalent in return last year. Um, if you acquired Deshaun Watson, and he has a no-trade clause so he can control where he goes, uh, you're getting him for $136 million over four years. But you'd need $35 million of cap space this year to absorb his salary. And also, in Watson's case... His 22 base salary, his 22 base salary is fully guaranteed, the 35 million. But his 2023 base salary is guaranteed for injury, and also his 17 million dollar fifth day league year roster bonus is guaranteed for injury. That was its signing. Both of these things become fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2020 league year, this upcoming March 20th. So that'd be another 37 million fully guaranteed. Now, if he's suspended under the personal conduct policy, once there's some sort of resolution with his issues, the guarantees would void. And since there'd be no dead money, unless you restructured the contract, you could let him go 
and not have it adversely affect your cap. Now, he's got a $40.4 million cap number for 2022. So, if and when Houston trades him, there'll be $16.2 million in dead money for Houston um, because of the signing bonus of $27 million from his 2020 contract extension, which at the time made him the second highest paid uh, player in football behind Patrick Mahomes, and that was at $39 million per year. So, they pick up $24.2 million in um, cap space for trade. Let's get to what I call Mr. Passive-Aggressive, uh, Russell Wilson. Supposedly, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are in, in, in Pete Carroll in a good place in their relationship. Uh, the reason people speculate about a Russell Wilson trade is last year his agent kind of created a stir by saying that Russell isn't looking to be traded, but if so, it would be he, he wouldn't mind waving his no-trade clause for the Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Raiders. Now, the Seahawks said the Combine, they don't have any intention of trading him. But uh, supposedly the Redskins made a very strong offer for him. Not the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington Commanders. Um, I still sometimes call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers. Uh, so forgive me for the faux pas there. But the Washington Commanders, who need a qu- quarterback in the worst way, uh, made a strong offer. I don't know what that is, but I'd imagine Seattle would want at least three first-round picks should they want to trade him, and Wilson is willing to waive his no-trade clause. Um, There have been reports that the Broncos, Saints, and Giants are on a short list of Wilson's approved teams. Now, if Russell Wilson is going to be traded, the most logical time would be before the fifth day of the 2022 league year on March 20th. That's because he has a $5 million roster bonus due. And once that becomes a payment obligation, you can't get any cap relief for that, and that would become dead money in a trade. The way it stands right now, in addition to the $5 million um, 5th-day league year roster bonus, he's scheduled to make $24 million in total compensation in 2022. So he also has a $19 million base salary. He's got a $37 million cap number. So... From his $65 million signing bonus in the extension he signed in 2019, there would be 30, 30, $26 million in dead money if you do the trade in the timely fashion before March 20th. So that would be an $11 million cap savings. It wouldn't make much sense for Seattle to pay the $5 million then try to trade him because then you're going to have dead money of $31 million and only save $6 million on the cap, so I don't really see that being a realistic uh, option, but if there's going to be a Russell Wilson trade, it's going to come uh, fairly quickly. Let's go to a quarterback who pretty much expects to be gone through a trade, and that that's Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've always thought that Jimmy Garoppolo would be gone, and 2021 was going to be him auditioning to be a starting quarterback elsewhere. After the 49ers moved up to the third overall pick in last year's draft to select Trey Lance, who was firmly planted on the bench except in a case of injury, even though in training camp in the preseason they toyed with the idea of Trey Lance having some special packages, but that never really came to fruition once the season started. The complicating factor with Jimmy Garoppolo and trading him is he just had shoulder shoulder surgery, or is going to have shoulder surgery, which will keep him out until basically July. And it was an injury that happened in, and that's his throwing shoulder, that happened in the uh, NFC Championship game against the Rams. 
He's got a $7.5 million base salary injury guarantee for 2022. He's got $24.2 million as the base salary. Total cash of $25.6 million in 2022 uh, for Garoppolo. His cap number is $26.95 million. So, assuming they can trade him, then they're going to be cap savings of $25.55 million for the 49ers with just $1.4 million in dead money. Pre-injury or necessity of surgery, I thought that the 49ers would be looking for something similar to what the Alex Smith compensation was when they traded him in 2013. They got two uh, second-round picks from the Chiefs, from the Chiefs for him or would be willing to settle for a day-two pick, either a second-round pick or a third-round pick. Surgery kind of complicates matters and now kind of puts back into play. Maybe they just release him. If they released him, then they would be initially on the hook for the $7.5 million because presumably they'd release him before he could pass a physical. And that would become a cap obligation along with the one point. Four million in dead money, so that'd be eight point nine million in dead money, as opposed to one point four if they release with the uh, before he could pass a physical, and then they would save eighteen point oh five million on the cap. Now, the injury guarantee has an offset, which means he doesn't get to double dip. Garofalo wouldn't get seven point five million, then every dollar he signed elsewhere. So, because the offset, they would get a cap credit for whatever he signed for elsewhere, and if he signed for at least $7.5 million, then the dead money or the cap savings would go back up to twenty five point five five. So for every dollar he gets elsewhere, they get to have that, re- they get to recoup that from the new contract. So um, I'll put it this way. Let's say Garoppolo signed a one-year deal for $20 million, just to put it into context. Jimmy Garoppolo would not be making... million plus 20. He would not be making 27.5 million because of the offset. Out of the 20 million he gets from whatever team that is, um, the new team, the 7.5 of that goes to the Niners because of the offset. So he makes 20 million total, but the Niners get to be made whole in that situation. Now, let's move on to another quarterback in Carson Wentz. I never thought there'd be any shot that Carson Wentz would be a one-year rental because the Colts gave up a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick, which became a first-round, 22 first-round pick, based on, his, based on Wentz's playing time in 2021. Most teams don't give up that type of draft capital when you have a quarterback under contract for multiple years and part ways with them after the first season. But... Wentz played poorly down the stretch, particularly in the regular season finale against the Jaguars, who were in contention to be, to get the first overall pick in the draft. They controlled their own playoff destiny and basically laid an egg. Can't lose to that team after making the playoffs last year with an aging Phillip Rivers. After the regular season, Colts general manager Chris Ballard was noncommittal about Wentz's future. Also, Frank Wright who was his biggest supporter because he had him in in Philadelphia, was his offensive coordinator, Um, also was noncommittal. At the Combine, they left it up in the air. He's got 
15 million dollars of his 2022 base salary uh, of 2022 he's got 15 of his 22 2022 base salary which is 22 million which is fully guaranteed already with no offset the other 7 million becomes fully guaranteed on the third day of the league year and he's got an injury guaranteed five million dollar roster bonus due on the third day so if you were going to trade Carson Wentz um, I mean first I don't think there's gonna be a huge trade market you basically have to give him away for a song and a dance so I'm gonna go over the release I think it'd be more likely to release him if you re- if you have to release him you're stuck with the 15 million because there's no offset so he's got a $28,294,119 cap number for this year. And that is also um, his cash for uh, 2022. There is no dead money uh, except the $15 million in a release because of the trade from Philadelphia. All the bonus proration was a Philadelphia expense. So you would save... $13,294,119 on the cap if you release Carson Wentz. Now, if you can find a taker in a trade, then they would have, and you're, in this, you're paying the full, and you're getting someone to take the full compensation, which I think would be unlikely. Not only would they have the basically 28.3 this year, then he's under contract for two more years worth $53,411,000. So I would assume if it's going to be a trade that they're not going to save all basically his entire 22 cap number. They're going to have to eat some portion of that. Maybe that would be up to the 15 million because that's what it would be if they released him. Um, so the new team is only taking on the basically 13-3 for 2022. You know, if if it is a trade, Indianapolis isn't getting getting anything remotely close to what they gave up to get him. <laughs> It'd be a lot less than that. I'd be surprised if you found a taker in a trade. Now we're going to talk about two more quarterbacks that I don't think are going anywhere. Uh, first one is Kirk Cousins. Even though Cousins has a fully guaranteed $35 million <laughs> uh, salary uh, for this year. Uh, Kevin O'Connell... Um, when he was introduced as the new head coach in his press conference, uh, expressed that he was looking forward to working with Cousins um, and wanted to build around him at least for 2022. And there's some history between those two guys. He was um, Cousins' quarterback coach in 2017 with the Commanders. So um, I don't really see Cousins going anywhere, even though he's got the $35 million fully guaranteed and a cap number of $46,166,668. And because that cap hit is so high, and he's been franchised twice, you really can't stick a franchise tag on him in 2023 because it would be $65 to stick a franchise tag on him. So basically, he holds the driver's seat if they want to lower that cap number in Minnesota through an extension. And even if you went transition tag, you're talking 54-2. And Cousins hasn't been anyone who's done it, done anything except maximize his financial gain. Then the other guy is Derek Carr of the Raiders. Uh, the new regime for the Raiders said so they're not in re- rebuilding mode. 
and they're reportedly prepared to discuss a contract extension with him. If signability becomes a major concern, then that could change, and maybe he could be someone who'd be traded. Um, I would expect him, if he's looking for his market value, to be in the $40 million per year neighborhood. If he went year to year on a franchise tag, and then we're talking the non-exclusive version, basically it'd be like $32 million next year conservatively, then 38 the next year at the 20% raise. So you're basically talking $35 million as a floor on an extension. But I'm not expecting those two quarterbacks to be available. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, moving away from quarterbacks, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys and wide receiver Amari Cooper. There are multiple reports that the Cowboys are going to release Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who is an unrestricted free agent, is pretty close to signing an extension or signing a new deal to stay put, um, although he tore his ACL late in the regular season. Now, Amari Cooper has nobody to blame but himself for why this is even a possibility that he would be released this year. It's all because of a lousy contract structure, which was totally unnecessary given the circumstances. Now, let's go back to what happened a couple of years ago. In 2020, uh, Amari Cooper became the second highest paid wide receiver by average yearly salary in March 2020 free agency. Five-year, $100 million contract. $40 million fully guaranteed at signing. $60 million overall guarantees. Now, for the life of me, I don't know why this deal wasn't structured in the same manner as the Marcus Lawrence's who was a franchise player for the second time by the Cowboys in 2019. Now, Demarcus Lawrence signed for $105 million over five years, $21 million per year, but he had a $25 million signing bonus. Cooper, $10 million signing bonus. The third year of Demarcus Lawrence's deal had guarantees. The whole amount was guaranteed for injury at signing. But the whole third year became fully guaranteed at in March of the second year. Now, Mari Cooper is only vulnerable because we are in 2022, the third year of his deal. He's got a, his base salary of $20 million is was guaranteed for injury signing, but it becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2022 
league year. Now, to put this into more context, I've heard from various people in the past couple of years that the Washington Commanders were willing to make Amari Cooper the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. At the time, that was Julio Jones at $22 million per year. So, I believe that from what I understood, it was like $23 million per year on a five-year deal, but Cooper didn't want to go to Washington be be a part of the Commanders. So, knowing you have that, this is like Agent 101. If you got a team willing to pay you more, even if your client doesn't want to go there, you can leverage that deal into an awesome player-friendly structure for your client. Inexplicably, that did not happen in this case. So, the worst-case structure for Amari Cooper should have been the DeMarcus Lawrence structure. Instead, he has a signing bonus, which is significantly smaller. The guarantee is all screwed up because it's guaranteed this year, third year vest in the third year instead of the second year. So he really, he probably, under those circumstances, could have gotten a part of that third year fully guaranteed at signing, if not all of it. And at the very worst case scenario, it should have been like Lawrence's guaranteed Last March should have been guaranteed the fifth day of the 2021 league year, and we're not having this discussion. And Amari Cooper would be safe through year three. That's why I say it's his own damn fault that he's on the chopping block. Now he's got a 22 million dollar cap hit for a team that was start was about 21 million over the cap. So because he only has a 10 million dollar signing bonus, there's six million in dead money if you cut him, and they pick up 16 million dollars in cap space, which could go to franchising Dalton Schultz, and that'd be $10.931 million, uh, which is the projected number. Uh, Blake Jarwin, the uh, backup tight end, is having hip surgery and may be out for the year if it's, it seems to be serious, but <laughs> this is just a poor execution of a contract in Amari Cooper's case, because there's no way he should even be vulnerable this year. Now, that it's out there that um, he's available, that he could be released. That invites teams and a team that really wants him to make an offer to Dallas to trade him, trade for him. Now, my experience as an agent was when teams know a guy is going to be out there, and unless they really, really want him and think they don't, they don't want to outbid people for him, teams circle like vultures and wait for him to get released. So it had to be a team that really wanted Amari Cooper, was willing to take on and guarantee $20 million this year. Next two years unsecured, so it could be basically a one-year try-it-out deal, uh, prove-it deal to see if he's worth uh, staying on that contract. Or it could be a case that there's some number less than 20 that he's willing to play for to stay put because that's his first choice and in, in stay in Dallas and maybe make up the difference and possibly a little bit more through not likely to be earned incentives if he performs at the level that Dallas thinks he should for someone making $20 million per year. But not to beat a dead horse, but no, Omari Cooper has nobody to blame but himself and his agent for being the predicament he's currently in. Enough on him. Okay, let's go to uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They already cut um, Anthony Hitchens. Frank Clark, to me, should be vulnerable. Uh, $26.3 million cap hit. $19.5 million in 2020 salary, $13.6 million dead money is what the Chiefs would have, and they'd save $12.7 million. The reason why I say that is they got him in shortly before 2019 draft uh, when he was franchised by the Seahawks, gave up a 
2019 first-round pick and a 2020 second-round pick. Signed him to a five-year, $104 million contract with 62.305 million guarantees. He hadn't been the pass rushing force that they expected for that contract. Regular season, since he's been in Kansas City, the three years, 18 and a half sacks. You know who had 18 and a half sacks this year? Bears edge rusher Robert Quinn. A guy I really didn't think might be on the uh, trading block, but from reports I've seen of Houston, that'd be Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil had left thumb thumb surgery last year, uh, five games into the 2021 season. Never came back. Never made it back on the field after that. Uh, Titus Howard, who can play multiple line positions, eventually made his way to left tackle and played well, uh, filled in capably in Tunsil's absence. That's where the speculation that Tunsil could be available for the right price has, has, has come up. And that'd be more than the 2022 first-round pick. He's entering the second year of a three-year contract extension that he signed in 2020, which made him the highest-paid offensive lineman, averaging $22 million per year. His 2022 cap number is $26,153,336, thanks to a contract restructure last year. His 2022 compensation is $17.85 million. The dead money would be $16,606,667 for a cap savings of $9,546,666. So I'll keep an eye on that one. Let's go to um, Vikings edge rusher Daniil Hunter. Oh, Daniil Hunter, when healthy, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Past two seasons, hadn't been on the field all that much. In 2020, um, missed the whole season of herniated disc in his neck and then only played seven games last year because of a uh, torn pec muscle. Hunter did a stupid deal in 2018, a five-year extension averaging $72 million, five-year extension for $72 million with a base value of $14.4 million. Now, all he had to do was play out the year and <laughs> at least do what he did the year before. They're sticking a franchise tag on him. And he's in that same $20 million per year neighborhood as Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence, but he couldn't do that. So to try to placate him, Vikings reworked his contract last year. He didn't get a raise for 2021, but he had um, $7.25 million of his 2023 compensation shifted up a year. So in 2020, he's making $20 million, and $18 million of the $20 million is a fifth day of the league year roster bonus due on March 20th. Now, I don't really consider him to be someone you cut because this guy is a legit pass rusher and he's still in his 20s that you wouldn't just let go. You trade him if, you, if you're going to do anything where he's not on the roster. But they probably have to do something with that cap number. His cap number for 2022 is $25,838,750. So if you did trade him, it had to be before March 20th. We'd have cap savings of $14,358,750 in dead money of $11.48 million. Now, what I think could happen is they could extra, uh, utilize their automatic conversion rights, which are in the contract, and take that of the roster bonus, turn it into a signing bonus, prorate over the last two years of the deal, and add two voiding dummy years as well to create $13.5 million of cap space. So... <laughs> That's what I think will happen if they don't trade him. I don't see him getting released. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Packers, everything is fluid because part of it depends on Aaron Rodgers. Tim would lower his cap hit. Trading him, they pick up close to $20 million in cap space. They're probably going to franchise Devontae Adams regardless of Rodgers and if they can get a long-term deal done um, before the 16th, the 2022 cap number would probably be half of his $20.12 million franchise tag. But there are going to be some cuts in Green Bay. One of the Smith brothers is probably going to be gone. And the most logical one would be Zadarius Smith because he missed almost all the regular season because of back surgery. Played in the season opener, had back surgery, came back in the playoffs. He's got a cap number this year of $27,661,250. Supposed to make $15.75 million. They pick up $15,281,250 in cap space if he's released, and the dead money would be $12.38 million. So I look for him most likely to be gone. Another guy going back to wide receivers is Jarvis Landry. 2021, 52 receptions, 570 yards, and two touchdown um, receiving touchdowns in 12 games. And he wasn't really healthy in 20. 20- 21. Um, among the injuries he had was a sprained MCL in his left knee and a partially uh, torn quad. He said that he wants to stick around in Cleveland, but he's also confident that if he's not, he can be a key contributor elsewhere uh, on a Super Bowl contributor. And that's probably after seeing his, his buddy, Odell Beckham Jr., resurrect his career once everything, once he was released from Cleveland and went to the Rams. Um, Landry has a $16 million 379,412 cap number. Um, he's making 15-1 this year. Uh, the cap savings would be $14,879,412. So the dead money would only be $1.5 million. Something probably has to give there. Um, Landon Collins, uh, someone that probably isn't sticking around the commanders on a $16,082,353 cap number. Supposed to make $12 million in 2022. He came back from his torn Achilles in 2020 and struggled in pass coverage early in the year. Now, once they started playing in a hybrid safety role where he's close to the line of scrimmage, played his best football in 2021. I don't know if that's enough to keep him off the cho- uh, chopping block. You save $6,482,353 on the cap. By releasing him, he'd have $9.6 million in dead money. Now, sometimes regime changes affect a player. And 
when Trey Flowers, the edge rusher for the Lions, went to Detroit, he was reuniting with Matt Patricia, his former defensive coordinator for the Patriots, signed a five-year, $90 million contract with $56 million in guarantees in 2019 free agency. Didn't make a great, didn't have a great audition year uh, for the new regime last year of uh, general manager Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. He was an injury-plagued 21 season, which limited him to seven games. Only had one and a half sacks. Flowers has a 23.239 million dollar cap hit. Supposed to make 17.625 million, which includes a 1.625 million dollar 2022 base salary guarantee. So. You save $10.386 million if he's gone, and there'd be dead money of $12.853 million. Now, speaking of injury-plagued guys, Trey Waynes was one of the guys that was supposed to help shore up the Bengals' defense as a 2020 free agent, signed him to a three-year, $42 million contract, but he's he's been a disappointment because of injury. Missed the entire 2022 season for pec tear. Only played five games, started four in 2021 because of a hamstring injury. In the playoffs, he was non-existent. In their Super Bowl run, his only playing time came on special teams. Trey Waynes has a $15,858,823 cap hit. Supposed to make $11 million. The dead money would be $5 million. So they'd save $10,858,823 by releasing him. There's no way Trey Waynes is back in Cincinnati on that contract. And last but not least, let's look at another wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was supposed to be Atlanta's go-to guy in the passing game after a 2020 breakout season, 90 catches for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns, especially after... Julio Jones was traded to the Titans. Um, He played five games in 2021 because of personal problems. Um, He's got a fifth-year option this year that's fully guaranteed for $11.116 million. Nobody knows much about Ridley. You ask the Falcons, they say you have to talk to Calvin Ridley about whether he's going to be back with them or not, play football, or continue his hiatus. But there's been some speculation that he may want to change the scenery. And if that's the case, even though Arthur Blank, the owner, said he'd like to have him back, the fifth-year option is his cap number. So there'd be no dead money because no bonus proration associated with fifth-year option, and the Falcons would save $11.116 million on the cap by trading Calvin Ridley. So, okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week looking at some notable players that could be in different uniforms next season, either because they're traded or they've been released. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, and we'll see you back here next time.